0: Today is Wednesday, March 1st, 2023. This is the Quick Start Podcast from CBN News. I'm Trey Glance Phillips. So the Supreme Court is set to soon determine if President Biden's plan to zero out student loan debt will move forward. We'll have that story and more on today's podcast, News from a Christian Perspective. If you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast. Give us an A-plus rating, all the stars. Share it with a friend and send us your thoughts. You can email us at quickstartpodcast at cbn.org or visit www.cbn.com slash quickstartpodcast. And I'm joined, of course, by Billy Hallowell. How are you doing today?
1: I'm living the dream. As always. Always living the dream.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right. You're you're always in a dreamland, right? It's -hmm, just how many mm -hmm. cups of coffee, though, in this dreamland today?
1: three and a half today. So we're really, I mean, I'm going to have to control myself from not speaking too fast. You know?
0: <laughs> right. No, I think that's always the issue. Whenever you're taping anything is, am I talking way too fast or way too slow? It doesn't seem like there's ever any, any happy, happy medium. So thank you everyone for listening and suffering along with us if we're fast or
1: slow. And putting um, up with us and putting up with right. us in general. Yeah,
0: right. Exactly. Right. Nobody should have to put up with us, but you choose to. So So we thank you. Um, Look, we're going to be talking about revival because that is just the theme uh, of, it seems like the beginning of this year for our main thing today. So revival is spreading from state to state and campus to campus. What's coming on the main thing today, Billy?
1: Yeah, so we are going to be talking about some numbers that we're seeing uh, that have come out from uh, George Barna, some really concerning numbers about Christianity in America. And uh, yeah, I don't want to spoil it, but it's it's a little alarming.
0: Yeah, for sure. So before we get into that, let's go through the news in 90 seconds. So story one here is the Supreme Court began hearing oral arguments yesterday uh, in two challenges to President Joe Biden's plan to eliminate or reduce student loan debt held by millions of Americans. That plan, though, doesn't come without consequences. Uh, If Biden's plan moves forward, it could cost taxpayers some $400 billion. uh, And it doesn't really address the central issue, which is the skyrocketing cost of college education broadly. Uh, So lawmakers also in the UK are calling for stricter laws against pornography access as violence against women at the hands of men is escalating. The problem is so pervasive, some members of parliament are calling it an epidemic. The action by politicians follows a report showing a substantial portion of the mainstream pornography on the internet actually depicts violent and dangerous scenes featuring aggressive behavior at the hands of men against girls and women. And also, spiritual awakenings are continuing to spread across the United States following the revival at Asbury University in Wilmore, Kentucky, and the release of the Christian film Jesus Revolution, a movie that chronicles the revival that began in Southern California in the 1970s. Similar spiritual awakenings are reportedly unfolding at Texas A&M, Indiana Wesleyan University, and Louisiana State University. You can read more about all of that and the rest of today's top headlines over at CBN News Dot com and faithwire.com. So Billy, what do you make of, uh, of any one of these stories? All three of them are, are fascinating to me.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think these spiritual revivals and these awakenings are, we've talked so much about them on the show, but I think the fact that they've continued to spread And the fact, it's almost like Jesus Revolution, it's almost like they paid to have, and of course they didn't. I'm just like, it's so coincidental that the movie comes out at the same time that all these campus revivals are happening. And I think that it's happening because, you know, God is at work and, you know, I don't know what the end result of all of it will be, Uh, but, but watching that happen at the same time that we're celebrating this film in theaters, really, to me, is the most incredible thing imaginable right now. So it's a lot of fun to talk about something positive when we've had so much negative in our culture.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I think it's fascinating the timing of all of it, not just the movie, but the Asbury revival. We've mentioned this before. It was in 1970 in February uh, that that revival began. Uh, And if I'm not mistaken, I know you've mentioned this before, Billy, that revival sparked in 1970 sparked a revival at Lee university Uh, And we're seeing that unfold all over again. It happened at Asbury in 2023. That led, of course, to a revival at Lee University this year. Uh, And now we're seeing it spread to other college campuses. Uh, And then the Jesus Revolution tie that you just brought up, I think it's all fascinating. And we just spoke with Jonathan Rumi. Obviously, he plays Jesus on The Chosen, but he's also in this new movie. Uh, And he told us, he's Catholic, uh, and he told us that he doesn't see any coincidence here. He sees this as being... A divine, God-ordained um, timeline, right? That this isn't something that just is is happenstance or coincidence. This is the Lord actively moving, and because there's so many similarities from 1970, the late '60s, early '70s, and today, our culture was so divided at the time over the Vietnam War. Everybody was kind of in their own camps and and not really talking to one another. There was a lot of anger and and hate and wandering. Uh, people just looking, you know, for hope. I think we're in that same. We're in that same place now.
1: Yeah, no, I think we are. And not to do a sudden topic shift, but I did want to hit one more of the stories you talked about because... For so long, we would we used to look at Europe and the UK and say, oh, they've already fallen away from faith, which, by the way, that was true. Um, they're ahead of us. You know, America's doing better still. Uh, but now we're looking to the UK and Europe and we're saying, oh, wow, they're finally taking action on these gender issues with kids. They're doing the right thing. They're backtracking on these things. Oh, wow. Now they're calling for stricter laws against pornography, right? So it's interesting that on some of these issues, now the UK seems to be leading the way um, on some really interesting moves. So I know, again, sudden topic shift, but I do think it's important we, we talk about that because um, I think we're watching Europe, because they were so far ahead of us in so many ways, in a negative sense, um, start to maybe scale back on some of these things. I don't know what you think about that, but...
0: Well, I think you're absolutely right. It is fascinating that it seemed like the UK was more post-Christian than the United States was sooner. Uh, and maybe they've been reaping those consequences because of that for a few more years than the United States has. So I think they're seeing the the catastrophe that comes in the wake of embracing all of this new sexual revolution when it comes to the LGBT community and embracing sex positivity uh, when it comes to pornography, which is just, uh, it, it's just a... It's just a mess because none of it is accurate. It's it's we're being sold a bill of goods when it comes to sexuality and the, the sexual evolution and embracing your feelings and whatever you want to do is how you should how you should do. Particularly when it comes to to children. So I think it's it's interesting that they're leading the way, but I'm glad that they are, particularly when it comes to uh, to sexuality when it as it pertains to children and also limiting the access of pornography because. I don't care what way you cut it or what angle you come in from. There is nothing good that can come from pornography. It doesn't make anybody or any society any better. Uh, And again, just like with the sexual revolution, with pornography, the ones who are often most uh, significantly impacted in a negative way are females. It's girls and women uh, who are bearing the brunt of the consequences of so much of this.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think having these honest conversations, I, I do love that politicians and others are starting to question finally and say, hey, you know, what is going on here? What do we need to do? What restrictions do we need to put in place? Because we are seeing these negative impacts, not just on relationships, but on individuals, loneliness. I mean, we can go down the line of the mental health issues that come from um, some of these issues. So uh, really interesting stuff there.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think that's actually the perfect segue into our focus story for the for the day because we're talking about that hopelessness, right? And, and the longing for, for purpose and for identity. Uh, and there's new statistics that are kind of concerning in, in that, that department. So a number of Americans or the number of Americans who hold to a biblical worldview is continuing to shrink year after year, according to new research. Uh, and a researcher with Barna is actually warning that biblical theism is much closer to being extinct. In America than maybe previously thought. So, can you break down some of that story for us, Billy?
1: Yeah, this is uh, incredibly disturbing. It was actually Dr. George Barna. Um, he's with the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University, and um, every year they have put out uh, this this values um, survey, the American Worldview Inventory, that looks at where Americans stand on biblical issues. And this year, this was the first survey they've done after COVID only 4% of American adults have a biblical worldview, 4%. So we're in single digits, which we were in single digits in 2020, um, if you'll remember, there were big headlines. We covered it at the time. Um, only 6% of Americans had a biblical worldview in 2020. So we've lost two percentage points, a 33% decrease, I believe, um, to where we are now in 2023. And so what Barna had to say about this, it's actually pretty stirring, and you just paraphrase it. But he said, when you put the data in perspective, the biblical worldview is shuffling toward the edge of the cliff. All, as things stand today, biblical theism is much closer to extinction in America than it is influencing the soul of the nation. So that's a pretty disturbing statement.
0: Yeah. You know, I'm curious to know what you think the role of COVID was in this, the isolation, the the closing ourselves off from community, not being active in our churches. Do you think that played a role? I mean, it certainly it pl- it played a role, but but to what degree do you think that impacted some of this?
1: So I tend to be of the mind that yes, COVID impacted it, but I, I tend to be more of the mind that the unintended consequence of COVID, which is more time on our phones, more time on our, on platforms, more time watching TV, more time binging Netflix, that all of those things pour in, unless you're watching exclusively Christian content, you are pouring in anti biblical content and you're doing that at an excessive rate. And so if you, I mean, look, if you were to take two aliens and bring them down to earth and feed only one of them biblical content and the other one everything in culture but biblical content, you know that you're going to get garbage in, garbage out for that one that got the non-biblical content. So I think a lot of it is people consuming this entertainment that we assume isn't going to harm us. Oh, we're Christians, we're adults, you know, we can handle it. In the end, I I personally believe that has a profound impact on the way we view the world.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And w- what are you saying happening with young people in particular uh, based on this this survey from George Barna?
1: Yeah, I mean, we know that young people always are the least faithful, right? And the idea was that as they got older, they would become more faithful, but when you look at Pew data and you go through all the other um, surveys that are out there, that is no longer really the case. Yes, some people may pick up faith as they go, but we have something called generational generational replacement going on right now, meaning that young people are less faithful, and they are growing up, and they are taking the spot of older generations as they go. And overall, it's actually creating a lower proportion of people who call themselves Christians. In the case of this Barna uh, study from George Barna, 1% percent—one of people between the ages of 18 and 29 have a biblical worldview. 1%. Wow. So yeah, it's, it's a major issue. He talked about the fact that young people are largely isolated from biblical thought Um, And that is a lot of that is what we have fed them, right? The entertainment, the media, what we have given them and not bringing them to churches. All of that is creating this crisis.
0: You know, I think a lot of it, too, is a lack of biblical literacy. There are people who grow up in in church and spend all of their time going to services, but they and that's great. I mean, I would rather them be in church uh, and be active in their Christian community than not. But a lot of times people aren't necessarily either from the pulpit, they aren't hearing a lot of really in-depth study of scripture, or maybe in their own time, they're thinking that Sunday and Wednesday night uh, are are really all I need. And I don't need to spend time by myself actually studying scripture and digging into it for myself and learning more about the Lord and and my personal relationship with him. So I wonder how much of of that is at play here too, is people who go on Sunday morning, they're kind of a a, a weekend Christian, and then they go back to living their their normal life afterward. I, I can't help but think that some of that is probably contributing to not having a biblical worldview because people probably just don't know. Like, Well, I don't, I don't know what a biblical worldview actually is.
1: Yeah. Well, and I, and I, and I think that a lot of that is tied again to that, you know, information, right? If you, if you're a Christian and you spend an hour and a half in church every week, or let's say you go to small group and you take your kids to Bible, let's, let's give it three and a half hours a week of church. And you put that up against 25 to 40 hours of entertainment. It's a done deal. There's no way your worldview in that three to four hours is going to be able to compete with the worldview you get from that twenty to thirty. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty hung up on that on that issue. But I think because I do think it's a big driver. I mean, there's no coincidence if you were to graph this out on the growth of smartphones, the growth of tablets, the growth of all this, and what we're watching happen, the two patterns coincide with each other, unfortunately, um, pretty beautifully.
0: Well, I think this is such an important and even convicting story because all of us could do a better job, right, of prioritizing the Lord and our study of scripture over the other things that are not necessarily even bad things, but just the busyness of the day that eats up so much of our time, whether it's work or, you know, friends or our social life, whatever it is, I think we could all probably strike a better imbal- a better balance there, myself included. So, uh, Billy, Same. thank you so much for, yeah, for bringing uh, the details of that story. For today's main thing, Billy, actually spoke with Joshua Broom. He's a former porn star turned pastor about spiritual awakening and the revival that was sparked at Asbury University in Kentucky and is beginning to spread. So we'll have that conversation for today's main thing.
1: So Josh Broom, you were at an event last night, a really incredible event, and a lot of students from Asbury, a lot of people in the community attended this
2: revival event. Tell us a little bit about it. Yes, it was really neat. So Nick Hall from Pulse, he put on this event and ultimately he saw the gap where Asbury had decided, you know, from the, from an administrative standpoint, they decided to end the event and there were actually people who had flown in, um, who were, or, or have, have flown in or were going to fly in. They had plans to come there and now they're there and it ended and they wanted to continue to worship. They wanted to continue to see God. There was this overwhelming hunger um, for God and, and Nick saw an opportunity and he just shot his shot where he reached out to uh, Rupp Arena, you know, the uh, historic um, basketball coliseum in, uh, in uh, Lexington, Kentucky. And, you know, they did a free event on three days notice and it, it was incredible. Uh, like myself, uh, Jacob Coyne, Luke Lafere, um Rob, who serves at a high capacity at Lee University, and, and many other leaders came there. Um, Worship from all over the place, Upper Room in Dallas, and um, a few other places, but just a ton of people who were saying, "Hey, um, there's this visible hunger and this uh, this this apparent movement of God." that we want to steward, Um, God has essentially opened this window and uh, really believing God's like, hey, uh, what are you gonna do with this opportunity? What are you gonna do with this moment? And they just wanted to create a space for that worship and and just really the theme was repentance. The theme was, hey, uh, this is what God is doing. And if you lay your life down or whatever you're struggling with down and you repent and seek God, not with part of your life, but all of your life, Um, he'll fulfill he'll fill you in a way that you've never experienced before what do you what do you make of this
1: because you obviously have had your own crazy journey and your own insane story right of coming out of the porn industry you know then finding Jesus being a pastor doing what you do now inspiring people you have wanted to see an event like this we all have and yet now we're watching this happen on campuses not just asbury that was the first campus it went to lee as you were saying it's gone to other places There are reports of middle school students having these revivals why do you think that's happening what do you think is driving that
2: yeah i'm i think just god is moving in a very unique way like god is uh doing a new thing that he's done in the past and we've seen uh just when you when you see a moment and there's momentum people want to be a part of it and they feel drawn to it i think like god is like really drawing people to themselves And people are getting it. So like, why not create a space for people to engage in that moment? And like, that's what I think is happening. Like God is providing an opportunity and people are stepping into it. And and the byproduct of that, and along with what's happening on social media, because the beauty of digital is, hey, uh, here's a window into what's happening in this place. And even if you're not in physical proximity, you can absorb it. And the whole point of the event was to say, hey, uh, this, is what's God, this is what God is doing. Or maybe you experience something here. Go and tell the world about it. You know, Drop your bucket here. Drop your bucket of your struggle, um, whatever you think that your life is about, whatever you find to be so important. Just lay it down and just pick up your cross and take it to wherever you are.
1: Yeah. Well, and, you know, like, look at culture right now. Culture is so deficient. People are so lost. They're so confused. And I think it's an interesting moment. You had the Damar Hamlin thing where he cardiac arrest and everybody's praying for him. And that was a different kind of feel, right? Where like not just the NFL, but the whole country, the whole world is praying for this guy to heal. Then you have Jesus revolution, right? And at the same time, that film, takes in $15 million, everybody's going to see it. And it's about this very thing in the 1970s, right? It's about this Jesus revolution. And then you have Asbury going on at the same time, it does feel like and I don't want to falsely, you know, tie all those things together. But it does feel like something is going on in culture. And it feels like a reaction maybe to so much of the negative that we've seen. I don't know if you want to reflect on that at all.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah i mean i I think in in a very real way you know jesus is calling to his people it's like hey um i want you to be unified and through your unity people will see me and these that's what these gatherings are doing it's like hey um this is different than uh the christianity where people are you know telling me like i need to do exactly this or exactly that like what like this unity is different than than you know christians fighting against christians that that i've seen uh so i think there's a draw to that but yeah i mean I i think in a very real way like the world is so incredibly dark when you see something like this happening when people are getting free from bondage there's Marriage is being restored there's addictions being broken there's people who have suicidal ideation and they're saying hey i i want to live a life and i believe that there's a purpose bigger than myself like you can't deny what's happening so like again like what happened uh like at rup like people were getting healed they were people getting delivered there were people raising their hand they're like i i'm struggling with pornography but i'm sick of it you know i i, I struggle with you know anxiety or i struggle with like suicidal ideation but i want help i want to be free i want to be free i want to be free and we just know how darkness works like darkness in itself uh it, it doesn't really exist it's just the absence of light and when light is brought into the picture Darkness must flee. And that's what's happening. Like people are being drawn to the light and they're experiencing and then and we're telling people, hey, go take what you experience and tell your communities about it. Take it to your church. And at the same time, a lot of things, uh, if you noticed at campuses, uh, churches all over the world yesterday, you know, there was this moment of anticipation. It's like, you know, when I say amen, are people gonna leave? You know, <laughs> like like what's gonna happen, like you know are we gonna be here 13 days um are you know our service is gonna last you know two three four hours you know and i think it's just it's incredible to see hey um god is doing something and i want to steward it but in a very real way we're moving ourselves out of the way and letting the spirit of god do what only the spirit of god can do
1: Yeah. And as we kind of round out to to a close here, your story, your testimony, as I was saying, is incredibly powerful coming out of the adult film industry, coming into where you are now. Why do you think it's important for people like you who have, I mean, everybody has a testimony, but when it's a radical testimony like that, why is it important that people, especially young people hear stories like yours?
2: Yeah. I mean, the, the reason I tell my story is because I want people to know regardless of what you've been through there's hope on the other side and through telling your story your story loses its power over you because so often there's something traumatic that happens in your life whether either you were the culprit or you were the victim of someone not showing up when they should have or maybe someone hurt you in some way and that trauma has caused you to be trapped and you're in this prison of man, I'm broken, um, I'm dirty, there's something wrong with me. And essentially, you allow what happened to you or what you did to hold you captive. And when you hear stories like mine, like Billy to be I mean, you know this, um, I believed with with every fiber in my being that I would never have a wife, I would never have a family, I would never be taken serious in any capacity, so, because I believed that was true, I wanted to take my life. Yet here I am. I have everything that I believed I would never have, and more. Uh, Ephesians three twenty, right? I have every, I have exceedingly abundantly more than I could ever hope or imagine. And I tell my story so often with so much passion because I want that person that feels like their life is over that, if they experience what Jesus can do, it's not. I love that. It's not, well, that's a great place for us to close out. Thanks for sharing your experience there uh, last night and your story with us. Yeah, it was incredible. And uh, if you want to check it out, the whole thing is on, uh um, Pulse has a YouTube channel, uh, the whole, uh, 11 hours <laughs> is on there. <laughs> that's it. Just 11 hours. That's all. Just 11 hours. And I, I, I spoke at, uh, like six fifteen PM. So if you, you skip ahead six hours, you'll find me. All right. Appreciate it. We'll check that out. Thanks a lot. Okay. Thanks, Billy.
0: Well, thank you so much, uh, Billy, for bringing us that main thing for today. And that leaves us time for one last thing. Uh, And we're going to look at James 1, 14 and 15. It says, temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. I know that's a heavy passage, but I just can't help but think with the stories that we've been talking about. So often culture tells us to follow our feelings, follow whatever we're desiring. And scripture reminds us that our own thinking so often leads us astray and further away from the Lord.
1: Yeah. I mean, that that idea of sin being allowed to grow, which is something that we allow to happen, right? That it gives birth to death. I mean, that is that imagery to me is terrifying, but also you see it in people's lives, right? I mean, we we see a sin upon a sin upon a sin. I think about King David you know his sin uh, with Bathsheba, and how that you know he then did he then did more other sins to try to cover that sin, right? And sin also gives birth to new sin when we allow it to go you know unrestricted. So it's just powerful yeah. reminder.
0: Yeah, and I think we often become desensitized to our own temptation and to our own sin if we give into it over and over and over again. Uh, the conviction of the Holy Spirit, we start to get used to it and comfortable with it uh, when really we should be super sensitive to that conviction. So yeah, we could go down a whole rabbit trail with just this these two verses alone, but that's all the time we have for today's podcast. If you want news from a Christian perspective, please subscribe to this podcast. Again, leave us a rating. And if you want to share thoughts, comments, with us email us at quickstartpodcast at cbn.org and again don't forget to subscribe both to this and to the quick start email newsletter as well so lord willing and the creek don't rise we'll be back here tomorrow